Hello and welcome to another episode of Tots. I'm your host, Ben Gardner. Today on the show, we have my former soccer coach. Uh, he, he's a very famous soccer coach, uh, <laughs> former uh, FBI special agent Joe Bradley, uh, and current um, person who works at an IT company. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. I, I'm excited to see you. Yeah. We were talking a little bit. Uh, I think the last time I saw yeah. you, I was holding some some snake in a, in a shopping mall area. Um, and then the time before that, I was selling you knives. So that it's is, good to like catch correct. up like just as yeah. people and not like a salesperson or like a crazy animal guy. Yeah, but the snakes were very cool. Oh, they are very yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I love working with those things because it's like it's exactly what people are not expecting. Yeah. And, and being in that area, it's nice too because you have like weird wild animals and it's just people walking around like – going to the AT&T store or yeah. like going to buy groceries and they're like, oh, like an eight foot snake. That's cool. Yeah. The kids thought you were very cool. Talked about yes. you for weeks after that. That's good. So. You have very nice kids. <laughs> I like your kids. Thank you. I'm, I am blessed. Yeah, for sure. Um, little background. I was, uh, I was good friends with uh, your son. Still, I mean, we're still friends. I just yeah. don't see him anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. Yeah, I, I've known you for a very long time. Um, it was very cool to have uh, one of my best friend's uh, dads as a soccer coach and FBI agent like at the same time. I thought that was very interesting. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to have you on to talk. Yeah, I, again, I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, Joe is uh, currently overseas and due to come back uh, with his uh, uh, lieutenant in the Army. And uh, he's set to come back um, actually next week. That's awesome. He had been overseas for the last uh, seven, eight months. Oh wow! I didn't even know he was like deployed. What was he? Yeah. Uh, what was he doing? Um, uh, supporting uh, supporting uh, special forces um, in one of the sandy countries. One of the sandy yeah. ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of those. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. He's he's a great kid, mm -hmm. and uh, and obviously, you know, very cool to uh, to be friends with him too. And uh, yeah, I'm excited yeah. to have you on. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about your career in the FBI. Um, I saw from your LinkedIn, which I stalked thoroughly before this interview, <laughs> um, you first started at the NSA and then moved to the FBI. So what was that like starting at the NSA? And then, and then why did you eventually end up moving to the FBI? Well, graduating college, my, uh, my goal was to go to the FBI. And uh, at the time, you had to have three years uh, work experience. So uh, I set out, set out with, uh, uh, as an agent with uh, NSA, and um, uh, shortly thereafter, there was a hiring freeze uh, with the FBI. So um, my, my three to four years became eight years uh, when the hiring freeze was lifted, uh, tested again, and uh, I was fortunate enough to get into the FBI in uh, February of 1995. Wow. No, you weren't even alive then. So no, I, I was that. not. Yeah, yeah. I came. <laughs> I came a few years after that. Um, why the FBI specifically? What like drew you to them initially? Uh, the FBI is the uh, premier law enforcement agency uh, in the country. Um, it's one of those things uh, to go to, to shoot for the best that you possibly can, and that's what I was doing. I mean, again, no offense towards uh, any other agencies. Everybody has their, uh, you know, their charters, uh, and uh, you know, they're they're good uh, in their challenges. Uh, for for me, uh, I set my sights on the FBI very early on, and then uh, uh, 
tried uh, tried my best to live my life through uh, you know through college and beyond uh, you know, with that goal in mind. Yeah, and that's tough, especially because the FBI has pretty strict rules about uh, joining. So I've heard, like they, the whole polygraph they, test, and they they, they do. Uh, they do. The, the polygraph uh, is a challenge for a lot of folks. Um, but uh, again, I am uh, a polygraph, currently a polygraph examiner also. OK. Uh, so um, I. That's uh, what you brought here today. We're going to do uh, a polygraph test. Absolutely. Let's, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll uh, connect you and uh, we'll ask some questions of you. <laughs> Uh, no, but it's uh, you know, the the polygraph is a challenge for a lot of folks. Uh, but again, it's it's very easy. I can tell you, uh, I can tell you how to pass the polygraph. It's very very easy. What do you do to pass the polygraph? Tell the truth. Okay, it, I thought you were going to give us like, some easy. inside nope. knowledge on. Nope, it's that. It, but again, it it is that easy. Tell tell the truth. You just have to tell the it, truth. It, it it really is that easy. I've yeah. also heard even if you've like done something wrong that you're not supposed to have done prior to joining an organization where you need a certain clearance, that it's also just a good idea just to tell the truth, even it, if it's like a bad thing. It, it, absolutely. Uh, you're 100 percent correct. You know, the Bureau doesn't hire perfect people because they don't exist. Uh, the Bureau hires honest people. Um, and, and again, it, it's one of those things that uh, your, your honesty is what is being um, questioned. Uh, right. Uh, and through that, um, uh, Past behavior uh, will determine uh, future behavior. Sure. So, again, being honest in the past, chances are you're probably going to be honest in the future, too. Right. But, like, let's say, like, I have a problem telling the truth. Like, what's, like, the best way to get around the polygraph? There is no way to get, the, get There's around There's no way. You're, you're, no. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people will you know, attempt countermeasures, and uh, that's a surefire way to get you tossed out. Because uh, the examiner, even if the examiner doesn't catch the countermeasure, he's going to see that the charts uh, are not normal. Um, there's, there's, uh, there are anomalies. Uh, the examiner will pick up on the anomalies and will question you as to why you're having anomalies uh, to, to simple questions. Um, so you're not going to get around. You're not going to beat. You're not going to beat Damn. the test. You may beat the examiner. You're not going to beat the test. Um, so the bottom line is just, just tell the truth. It's easy. Down. Um, and 99.9% you know, .9 of what is personal to you uh, and would be a challenge to you is of no concern to the Bureau uh, or any other law enforcement agency. They just care that you're honest. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, I have to come clean. I only invited you here to get inside knowledge on how to take a polygraph because I have to do one of those next week. And so that, you know, I guess we haven't really gotten anywhere. So I guess we can just end the, the podcast there. All right. We're done. Yeah. See you guys. <laughs> <So> <laughs> All right. So in terms of these questions, from what you're allowed to share, what are some things that the Bureau might ask that would trip people up? Uh, there are questions simply about your about your your honesty and integrity, um, you know, your involvement in crime, drugs. Are you a spy? Are you a terrorist? Are you a security risk you know, to the uh, you know, to the federal government? Um, are you honest? Are you filling out your forms correctly? Are you lying about anything uh, on your forms? So again, they're 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 all very easy questions. Um, all the questions um, are reviewed with the person ahead of time, and uh, so there's no trick questions, no surprise questions. Uh, you'll know all the questions and all the answers before you ever take the test. So I don't know about you, but I could have done a lot better in school if I had knew all that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that part. <laughs> See, that's that's a really yeah. cool detail. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So, like, what would you do if? You got to the polygraph and you were interviewing somebody 
and you get to like a question around like, are you a spy? Do you work for a foreign government? And they just like flat out was like, yep, yep, you guys got me. I know honesty is the best policy. I really want to work here. I, I'm a spy for the Chinese government. Like what has that ever happened? What would you do in that situation? Hypothetically, it Hypothetically. could happen. Okay. Um, and at that point, if somebody admits something, then you, just, you that's when the conversation begins. Uh, it's all a conversation. Yeah, it's like a conversation that we're having here now. Um, Is this a polygraph right now? Let's get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have plenty of wires yeah. and everything. Um, you know, one of the things that I do um, as a um, uh, as a side uh, as a side business. Um, is the the ethical um, polygraph preparation? So it's a class. Interesting. Uh, okay. It, it's a class that uh, myself and another gentleman uh, uh, will prepare, um, and uh, like like you study for the SATs or the LSATs or any other uh, any other test, um, you you do prep uh, beforehand. Right. So why not do it? Why not do it for polygraph? Especially when they're going to give you yep. the answers. They're again, you're not giving away the goods. You're not telling any. You're not giving. You're not telling anybody any questions, any specific questions. But you're um, you're providing a background, uh, and you're preparing somebody to take the test. You're not you're not helping them pass the test. You're helping them prepare for the test. The same way okay. that you would for the um, LSAT. There's absolutely no countermeasures uh, that will ever be discussed. Uh, again, if you look up on the internet now. Um, Probably the first 12, 13 sites are all about how to beat the test. Um, what we're uh, what we're advocating is not how to beat the test; it's just how to prepare, you know, for the test. Interesting. S simply, okay. um, you know, if you're on medication, take your medication, get a good night's sleep. Um, you know, all basic things that the examiner will go over with you when you take your test. Uh, but if you heard that, all that stuff ahead of time, you'd be able to prepare ahead of time. Right. Um, okay. Again, it's the it's the ethical polygraph. Uh, preparation. Uh, there, sure. There's no um, nothing nefarious, uh, and not giving away anything that uh, uh, that would hurt anybody. Right. I, I find this stuff really interesting because I feel like there's a lot of like weird situations around polygraph tests. So like, it's still not admissible in court, but it's still something that's used like widely enough. So like, what what is the importance on doing something like this if it gets you to a certain level, but it's not enough to be used in like a court of law. The actual results may not be uh, admissible in a court of law, but the actual um, um, admissions and confessions are. Interesting. So, I mean, you may you may not hear that a polygraph was ever uh, was ever administered, but you would hear about a confession that was obtained through somebody doing a polygraph. Correct. Wow. Okay. So again, you never hear you never hear polygraph, um, but you may hear of the results of one. Um, uh, if somebody confessed, uh, somebody took a test, they failed the test, and as a result of the conversation that we're having, um, they admitted to they admitted to a crime, uh, they confessed to a crime, and um, that admission, that confession, that would be admissible, but at no point would you ever hear polygraph. Okay, hence the ethical preparation. Because what I can see is a situation where somebody obviously like did something. They go into that and then they fail the test and they think, okay, they know, might as well talk about it. And then it's, you know, they're done. Yep. I mean, 
establishing a relationship, um, whether that's in law enforcement, whether that's in sales, marketing, um, discussions with uh, friends and relatives, establishing relationships. Um, that, that's, what this, that's what it's all about. Um, and, and providing a reason for someone to talk with you. Everybody sure. has something that makes them tick. You just need to figure out what that is. Yeah. See, that okay. sounded really cool. That was like a very like bureau <laughs> thing to say. I like that. Uh, that uh, again, that's that's just my life. You know, whether it's you know whether it's normal or abnormal to somebody else. Um, yeah, in, in what I do now it has not, nothing to do with law enforcement. You know, but it's establishing those relationships um, in, in, uh, in in furthering um, in furthering the business. Sure. Yeah, I was in a um, I was in a class this past week with uh, Chris Voss, the uh, you know who mm -hmm. he is, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he said like a lot of very similar things about um, negotiations in terms of like you need to understand where they're coming from. They need to feel like you're listening to them. Mm -hmm. And and there's like different tips and tricks. But like what I think is interesting, if you break down what you were saying, and what he's saying, it's all about how you are interacting with another person, that relationship that mm -hmm. you create with them does everything. Absolutely. It's very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're, you're giving the reason in sales, you're giving them a reason to buy. Right. Um, and in law enforcement, you're giving them a reason to tell you something that is against their best interest. And then thank you for it afterwards. Have you done that? All the time. How do you yeah. get to a level where you get somebody to trust you like that? talking to them, establishing that relationship. You have, uh, you have however many hours it takes uh, to establish that relationship, uh, you know, to figure out, as I mentioned, um, you know, what makes them, what means something to them. Everybody has something that means to them, something to them. Um, and you, you talk to them about it. Um, you have, uh, in law enforcement, you have a, um, you have a, an outcome that you're seeking, the truth. Right. You know, you don't go in there with a bias. You go in there seeking the truth. Um, and, you know, there, there are there are cases where uh, you go into a polygraph, for instance, uh, and the case agent may believe, hey, this is our guy. This is our guy. Uh, and then after the polygraph, um, they end up passing and um, it's not your guy. Uh, but now you've blown this case agent's uh, case. Uh, right. Uh, in their opinion. Uh, but what you've really done is you focus the you, can, you focus the uh, the investigation because you can move away from the person you know, who um, who is not involved and then focus it somewhere else. Uh, so you're narrowing the investigation down. You're not you're not hurting. seeking the truth. Exactly, and and that's that's what it should be in everybody's mind is 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 seeking the truth. You're not seeking an outcome. You're seeking the truth. I think it's cool, too, because and this is like a very childish way of looking at it, but that's how I like to look at things. If you are administering a polygraph on somebody that's going and that person is is under review or investigation by the bureau or law enforcement abroad, um, you kind of get to understand how the case is probably going to go, if I'm not mistaken. If you give somebody a polygraph test and you're like, all right, did you kill Ben? And then they fail the polygraph test, but they don't admit to it. You're still like, okay, but they failed the polygraph test. And even though that's not admissible, you're you kind of know yourself. You're like, okay, the, probably they did it, right? Does that ever get yeah. 
frustrating in that line of work where you know somebody basically did something, but you can't, they won't confess to it? Is it frustrating? Uh, it can be. Uh, but what any investigation, you're putting pieces of the puzzle together. Um, even if somebody um, may not have confessed or admitted anything to you um, and they failed the test, uh, what they've done is they provided another data point. Um, you know, so again, just because they failed it, there may be different reasons for them failing it other than that, other than they committed the crime. Right. Um, however, um, it's another data point. Interesting. Um, uh, so it's uh, it's not the be all and end all. Uh, it's an, the polygraph is an investigative tool, and if you use it as such, um, it can point you in the right direction. Uh, so it, it I, I wouldn't call it I wouldn't call it frustrating. Uh, it's it's just another tool that you've used. Um, you know, you you like you in woodworking, you used any other tool. You know, there are ten different tools in order to try and in order to you know carve this this figurine. Um, the hammer doesn't always work. Sure. So. Yeah, I like hammers and I have very little patience. <laughs> so this sounds like my personal nightmare is yeah. like like figuring out the data points, right? Yeah. And and piecing together the story. And then it's like, it's probably going this way, but you don't know for sure and you don't get a confession. That yeah. would that would be very frustrating for me. But I think it, it comes from a perspective of like not I don't have good patience. I'm not. I'm the hammer. Every problem is a nail. I'm like, all right, we can solve this right now. They just failed. It's yeah. over, right? That would be my whole take on that. Yeah, but it's that's why you have uh, so many different people, um, right? You know, and you know what what your forte is is not mine, and and it might be vice versa. Uh, so we work uh, we work together. Uh, so we work off each other. What, what I'm what I'm not good at. Um, God bless you. That's why you're here, um, and, and you, you that's why you have a team of people, uh, regardless of whether it's sports or whether it's uh, law enforcement or marketing. Um, everybody brings something to the table. Everybody. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And and in term in terms of the polygraph, again, you know, we have you know we have the applicant, you know, where it's used as a tool. It's a it's a screening tool um, that the government uses uh, for someone to get a job. It's not, it may not be the, uh, uh, the best tool, but it's the tool we have. So again, that's why I go back to that ethical, uh, ethical polygraph preparation. Uh, so that, um, you know, so give people a fair, uh, a fair, um, a fair shot, um, uh, a fair, um, it's, it, it's a, it's a fair process. Uh, so that the, the the person going into it, they know what to expect. So everybody says, "Well, I'm nervous. You know, I I didn't pass because I'm you know I'm because I was nervous." Um, people don't people do not not pass. They don't fail because they're nervous. They fail because they're not telling entirely the truth. Yeah, it that was going to be my other question. Like, what if you have somebody that's super nervous that would like set it off? Like, we've all seen the the clips on TV where it's like, you know, the thing is like yeah. scribbling furiously and it's like, oh, they're lying. No, like they're just super nervous. Yeah. But what you're saying is that the indicators that are picked up and, and the data sources that feed into the polygraph test would be able to basically tell the difference between general nervousness and anxiety and they're probably lying. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, if you know, you're asking the question more than one time, you're asking the, the question several times. So if I asked you, you know, did you rob the bank? And every time I ask the question, did you rob the bank? There is a large reaction. Well, now we, you know, we stop the test and we start to talk about robbing the bank. Okay. Right. It, it, it may be that you were a teller uh, at a bank that was robbed. 
Um, and that's why you're that's why you're reacting to this question that you didn't talk about it ahead of time um, because you were embarrassed to talk about it. Um, and you know, that's a good that's a good reason for a reaction. Right. Or you robbed the bank. <laughs> yeah. Either way, we're going to talk about Either it. Either way, and, yeah. we're going to get to the bottom of yeah. it. We're going to talk about it uh, again. You could change the question. You could reword the question, and uh, you know, you know, run, you know, run several other charts. Sure. Um, again, focus that investigation. It's an investigative tool. Yeah. My thing with the polygraph too has always been. You were telling me earlier, like the the best way to pass is just to tell the truth. So I've also seen that the best way to pass it is to believe the lie. Is that something that that you think humans are capable of doing is like creating their own version of what happened and then not allowing any other thoughts of possibilities except for their lie and then passing a polygraph? Is that a thing you can do? Would it be possible? It would be possible. Would okay. it be probable? Um, no. Uh, again, th that's where the discussion ahead of time uh, would come in, you know, where you're discussing each one of the questions in great detail. You're telling them everything that it's not. You're telling them, well, right. I'm, I'm only focused on, you know, this one bank on this one day in this one location. Oh, damn. You guys that's get really it. specific. <laughs> yeah. See, that's where uh, I would screw up because yeah. I'd be like, no, nah, man, you didn't rob the bank. You yeah. just you freed the money yeah. out of there. And you then you guys get it. specific and I'd, yeah, I'd lose it all. Yeah. It, it's... Uh, Again, uh, we're talking about beating the examiner, not beating the test. I mean, so you have to be in, in your in your question formulation. Um, you're you're um, you're establishing um, so there's no ambiguity, mm -hmm. uh, and and you're getting you're getting the person to buy in uh, to that particular question. So if I'm asking you, you know, did you know, did you rob the bank on you know, November uh, November thirtieth, and you think okay, yes, yeah, you're you've We've narrowed it down, and, and you're good with it, uh, and that's the question that I'm asking. And then every time you, I ask the question, and you, you know, react to that question, then we talk, and, right. and figure out why. Yeah, um, you know, so that, that's it. They are the questions are specific, and you talk about being able if you believe if you believe the lie. Um, if you there's a saying if you if you believe the lie, then it's not a lie. Um, right. Again, theoretical, uh, but <laughs> one uh, one of the uh, one of the the premises behind the polygraph is, you know, poly means many and graph is pictures, many pictures. So you have the picture, right. you have the picture in your mind of you robbing the bank. Uh, and I know keep on using the bank robbery aspect. You didn't rob a bank as far as I know. Well, uh, as far as I know, I haven't seen you in a while. Uh, true. Um, <laughs> but you have that picture in your mind of you robbing the bank. Okay. You have that one picture and then you have um, the picture of you in your head saying no. And then those two don't, those two don't react. So there's a, there, there'll be a little bit of a, a reaction there or a large reaction, uh, depending. Um, you know, so that, that's, you know, whether you believe it or not is irrelevant. It's just whether you did it. Right. You know, so again, people talk about psychopaths and sociopaths being able to, being able to pass. It has nothing to do with you, whether you agree with it or not, you liberated the money. Hey, it's not, you know, it's not your money, not anybody's yeah, money. Liberated you know? it. It's free. Now. Um, exactly. Uh, I'm so basically again, Robin Hood. Swear to it, uh, but it has. I mean, again, that has nothing to do with it. Uh, but again, that polygraph is an investigative tool. Sure. You know, you know, putting all the other pieces of, of it together. You know, your cell phone records, your you know, your witness accounts, you know, your your video, your uh, uh, any number of other things, uh, any, any any number of other data points uh, to put together that investigation. Um, so again, that polygraph is one is one aspect of it. Sure. Very serious question for you. Maybe the most serious of the whole podcast. Terms of coolness 
I feel like the hierarchy is kind of like cops, FBI, then Secret Service. But like, what's your take on that? Who's depends cooler on, out of the three of them? Who you're employed by. You know? <laughs> okay. Okay. True. True. Fair. No, there the, the are institutional rivalries uh, across the board, but everybody, uh, as I mentioned, everybody has a different charter. Everybody brings something else to the table. Sure. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I would never say uh, one is better, uh, better than the other. We all have our good and we all have our challenges. Um, well, I didn't say better. I said cooler. Uh, uh, <laughs> the, there are some very cool toys uh, yeah, that everybody gets to play with uh, across the board. Uh, but it, it's uh, yeah, I, I would not sit here and say one is, you know, one is cooler than another. Um, I don't know. Secret Service, they do have a lot of cool toys, though. You know, they do. <laughs> we, uh, I, I've had my good buddy, uh, Kurt Lewis, on the show before. Do you know Kurt? Uh, not personally, him? no. No, I, I need to connect you guys. You guys would go along great. You guys are, like, in my group of, like, people I consider friends that could also, like, kill me very easily. <laughs> and I don't have many of them. So I'm like, all right, I need to get the friends who who could kill me very easily together. You guys would enjoy a beer together. We'll go to a shooting range. It'd be yeah. awesome. But that sounds, um, like, sounds like a great time. But, yeah, he's uh, he's former Secret Service. Um, very similar, actually, the conversations mm-hmm. leading up to both interviews mm-hmm. between uh, – you and me and, yeah. and me and him. And, yeah. and it, it just made me laugh that you guys are very similar people, yeah. both very tall, yeah. deadly. You know, it's <laughs> like it kind of run. Do you like beer? He brews his own beer. I've never turned down a beer. OK, see, you guys are getting yeah. along perfect. This is great. <laughs> this is awesome. Um, so when I first like started having memories, because you've known me my basically my whole life, when I first started having memories like if I think back to like our relationship, you were also a SWAT team leader at one point. How long did you do that? Um, I was on SWAT um, from 1997 uh, until 2011, I believe. Um, I was a SWAT team leader in Baltimore for about five of those years. Um, great time, um, great work. A lot of fun. Um, it. it I considered it fun. Okay. Um, uh, there's a lot of people who would not consider it fun. Uh, but again, you know, God bless those folks. Um, yeah. uh, they, they did and do what I don't like to do, don't want to do and sure. vice versa. Uh, so I, again, I was blessed. Um, we got into, um, we had a lot of fun. Um, a lot of, uh, a lot of good work, uh, in, in and around, uh, Baltimore. Um, and I would like to think we made a difference. Um, kept people safe. And uh, again, that's the, uh, that, that really is the goal. I mean, a lot of the things that you see in the media, um, you know, don't portray accurately um, the, the purpose, uh, the purpose of uh, local police, federal, uh, state. Um, you know, we're, we're, people are here for a reason and, uh, and everybody I've ever worked with, uh, it, their goal is to keep people safe. Sure. Um, you know, to make sure that everybody goes home at the end of the day and, uh, you know, and to make a difference in the community. Uh, right. I, I would like to think we did that. Yeah. Without getting too deep into it, because we're not going to, we won't focus at all on this, but um, from the law enforcement perspective, from the people that I've had on the show that I've talked to about this, there seems to be a big disconnect between, like you mentioned, the media portrayal of, of kind of what law enforcement's role is and what happens and what law enforcement considers its role and what happens. Is there a way to improve this relationship going forward? Is it as simple as having 
better liaisons or a different way of of setting that up? Is it just kind of the nature of these two groups that clash a little bit? I that is a complex uh, a complex question and a complex answer. Um, you know, most times uh, the the interactions are are, are positive. Yeah. Um, again, the some folks. Uh, they they focus more on the negative aspect of it, mm-hmm. um, you know. But I mean, you, if if you had a hundred calls and ninety nine of them were positive, and one of them may not have been, uh, chances are what's going to get highlighted is that is that one as opposed to the right. ninety nine were um, that that were very positive. Um, everybody, uh, you you did you made a difference in the community. Uh, it was positive. There was somebody who's doing something bad in the community. Um, Law enforcement came in and they took that one that one bad person out of the community, and the rest right. of the community is there, um, you know, to uh, not be um, bothered uh, sure. by that one, you know, by that one person. Uh, yeah, because chances are, um, you know, they, they were an issue in the in the community, but nobody Praying had on, the ability to yeah, do it in the community. About it. Right. Um, and again, that that's our function. Sure. I think to the nature of the work, I think of the police, the FBI, the Secret Service in some capacities um, kind of butts heads there because it is a very, very different capacity than the average person. And I think sometimes people look at that a little bit differently in terms of what's happening. And it's, it's a different kind of solution than I think people want sometimes. But it seems to be, in a lot of issues, the way to solve the problem kind of most effectively. So, I mean, you know, the past few years, too, have been crazy with all this stuff. Um, but in terms of your SWAT career, what was like, what was your biggest memory of like the craziest thing that you had to do or the most dangerous situation from what you can share? Uh, this is this is what the part. There's the the part that's uh, you know, but what I again what I considered um, you know what I considered fun, um, you know. But you're doing you're doing dangerous things uh, with your training, uh, so that they are so that they are conducted uh, safely. Um, we had uh, one of the, one of the craziest uh, was uh, a barricade situation that we had in Prince George's County. Um, we actually, uh, we actually went there, um, knocked on the gentleman's door at, at 6 a.m. Uh, because we had word that um, uh, that he was threatening uh, Capitol Police, uh, Capitol Police officer. And what we didn't know was what he had planned to do was go to the uh, Capitol steps, the U.S. Capitol steps, uh, hand a tourist a note, and then start shooting. Um, and it was going to be suicide, suicide by. Um, by cop, by Capitol Police. And uh, at the time, we did not know that. We did not have that information. We knocked on the gentleman's door. We opened, uh, we breached the door, and then he started firing um, rounds at us. Um, bad situation, dark. Uh, luckily, none of our folks were hurt. We backed out, uh, had a barricade situation uh, for about about nine hours. Uh, worked very closely with Maryland State Police, uh, Prince George County Police, um, and then uh, uh, ultimately uh, we we made entry about nine hours later, and uh, um, unfortunately the the gentleman fired back at us, and he was deceased. Wow, 
but it was uh, it was it, it was very intense. Um, the the positive part of it was that he did not uh, he did not get to carry out his plan. Sure, uh, he did not get to go to the uh, state capitol or the the U.S. capitol and and start firing um, where innocent people would have been killed. Um, you know, we gave you know, over nine hours. Uh, we were engaged in uh, negotiation, communication, uh, trying to draw the, uh, trying to get the gentleman to come out to surrender. You know, harm no foul. Um, and he chose uh, he chose to do something else, uh, which yeah. was which was unfortunate. Um, but luckily, uh, no one else no one else was hurt. Uh, no no other tourists. No Capitol Police. No one else no one else was hurt. Um, and uh, again, that has a, that has a lasting effect um, because nobody wants to take another life. Uh, no. Nobody sets out again, you know, contrary to you know, to, to some of the uh, narrative that's out there. No one goes out there uh, to do that, and it gives you a uh, it it, ca- it causes you pause as it should uh, because nobody sets out. You know, no one set out that day no. uh, thinking that this was going to happen. You know, we. We figure we're going to knock on this guy's door. We're going to arrest him. We'll bring him back. We'll talk to him, um, and that was it. Um, and you know, you can do 500 things one way, and then the 501st time, it's not that way. Uh, again, that's why you rely on your training. And you know, from our perspective, it was treat everybody the same, regardless of you know, regardless of you know, race, gender, uh, religion, anything else. Didn't matter. You treat everybody the same. Right. And and you know it makes it makes the job a lot easier. It makes dealing with people a lot easier. It's just the relationships that I was talking to you about earlier. Sure. It, it makes that uh, it makes that very easy treating everybody the same because you're not we're not going into it uh, with a particular bias or with a, a, a particular narrative. We're going in there in this particular case. It was with an arrest warrant, um, and you know, it was just to, to to serve the arrest warrant so that everybody goes home safe. And we uh, right. and we talk and we talk. That that was the ultimate goal that this gentleman chose to to do another way. Sure. That's a tough situation to be in, I'm sure, uh, especially given like the time spent in terms of trying to bring that person around to a more peaceful uh, kind of cessation of of that situation. Is that typical that the negotiation just for whatever reason, doesn't end up working with somebody, or are most cases you usually can settle it through negotiation? It's a kind of a toss-up. It's a, it's a great question. I mean, ninety-nine percent of the time, um, probably even higher. Um, it's a very vol, uh, small uh, fraction of the times that it doesn't. Um, but you have to be prepared uh, from for all scenarios. You, know, you have to plan A, a plan B, and plan C if you can. Uh, and, and to prepare across the board, the negotiators, uh, they do excellent work. I get federal, local uh, police. Um, there's some awesome negotiators out there. Again, the negotiators, we're back to establishing a relationship. You're establishing a relationship and giving that person a reason to, hey, you know, th- th- it's enough. Uh, right. Let, let's, let's stop and let's come on um, and let's talk. Um, so, again, everything we come back to, it comes back to those relationships. Yeah. It's just different, Seriously. Just different wow. scenarios. Yeah. Okay. So what I've learned this evening is that the FBI is basically just like a giant relationship hub and they just go out and they make relationships and they, they solve crimes and figure things out. Um, and it's most bare form. Yes. Which is kind of cool because I've never thought about the FBI or any other law enforcement in that capacity. Um, but back to what you were talking about 
is this like how often from what you can tell me that's my favorite phrase too to use with law enforcement from what you can tell me gives you a nice cop out um <laughs> from what you can tell me how often while you were with the bureau were you um having to engage in situations where you were having to breach and enter residences where you knew that your life could very well be on the line. It's probably, again, it's, it, it's increased over the years, um, unfortunately. Um, but I, I think, I think it was, we probably had 52 operations. Um, my last, my last year, um, you know, again, if you, just ter- break it down in terms of that's one a week. Uh, but an operation, you know, could be anything from, you know, um, activity on a boat, you know, to breaching, uh, breaching a door. Uh, so they're, they're, the fact that we're being used, um, yeah, we're the SWAT at the time, uh, was used solely for, um, violent, uh, violent offenses, um, and, or, and, or unknown offenses. Um, you have, you know, somebody, uh, crimes against children, uh, for instance, you know, those, uh, those people who conducted those types of crimes, um, you would think that they are nonviolent. Um, I would suggest otherwise, um, right. uh, because that's a crime against a, a child and yeah. they're, in my opinion, the only true victims. Um, yeah, so a whole different, um, a whole different narrative. However, uh, we were used a lot of times with those because you didn't know what was going to happen. Right. Um, you, that, that unknown, uh, that unknown is a variable that you account for. Uh, that's what, that's what our, that's our job to, to, to plan, you know, to, for that, the A, the B and see if you can. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the goal is for everybody to, you know, to be safe. Bottom, sure. bottom line. Um, so if you can conduct an operation uh, so that it is orchestrated in a way to keep everybody safe. And again, uh, breaching a door, that doesn't always happen. I mean, again, just what folks see on, on uh, TV. <laughs> Swat uh, kicking in a door. <laughs> it doesn't, it, it doesn't it, uh, again, that, that's the exception. I mean, if you can get you know, the guy who's just leaving for work, you know, and, he, and he comes out of his house and you, know, you approach him. As he's as he's leaving his house, I don't have to breach the door. I've made it easy. He's he's out in the open, and you know we can have a basically an element of surprise. Um, so again, keep, keeps everybody safe. You know, so that sure. You know, TV is a TV is probably one of our worst enemies. Uh, because you know, <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, everything's aren't solved. You know, things aren't solved in an hour, and you know, with all the uh, you know the gunfire and uh, it just it doesn't it doesn't it just doesn't work that way. Uh, sure. So uh, that's the, uh, a lot of it is not sexy. Uh, it, yeah. It is, it is mundane. It is boring. Uh, <laughs> and uh, if you plan it correctly, it will be mundane and boring. Yeah. Uh, and, and it will be, uh, it, it will be a non-event. And, and I'm and sure that's preferred to. That, I mean, that is, yeah. that is our goal is to be, is to have it an, a non-event. Uh, right. Nobody, you know, once things, um, once things kick off, uh, there's variables. Uh, that plan A is probably out the window, um, yeah. and you're going, uh, you're adapting uh, to whatever happens. So again, you're 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 striving for the mundane. Sure. So again, that doesn't sound sexy, but that's that's I mean, the way it is. <laughs> it's it's better than uh, yeah. than crazy shootouts all the time, right? Uh, again, you, you, that's TV. 
Um, yeah, yeah. I, I can't even say, I can't even say it too many uh, too many times. T- TV is uh, is probably our worst enemy. And again, just backing up the polygraph, uh, TV and movies is probably the the, the worst. Uh, yeah, enemy. I have so yeah. many misconceptions yeah. that are getting shattered yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Meet, meet the parents. Very funny, not accurate. Yeah. <laughs> um. So as a leader, even in the more mundane parts of uh, of your job when you were a SWAT team leader, you're still operating at a level, I would imagine, of pretty high stress, trying to figure out what the best move is, plans A mm-hmm. through Z, keeping everybody safe, and then eventually, if it does escalate, operating it at a very, very high level very quickly, mm-hmm. like you said, adapting to everything happening. What was your way of dealing with that kind of a stressor in an occupation because most people like I'm in sales sales is stressful yeah. but sales is not as stressful as like a nine hour you know hostage negotiation type situation potentially right so like what how did you deal with that while you were in that position I coach soccer really okay so I helped you you're <laughs> yeah. like you're like you okay have, so I, I do yeah. charity work because yeah. Ben's terrible at soccer and then I go and I do hostage negotiations yeah. not, not not at all um, that was one of the things that I enjoyed um, is you know you you get to immerse yourself in something that has absolutely nothing to do with what you do at di- at you know during the day or night depending on how it works. Um, you know you get to you get to um, you get to teach kids, um, help them uh, help them get better, uh, be able to take another skill uh, that you have, and to be able to uh, relay that uh, to to people that uh, to help them. Uh, so I, again, you know to uh, to coach kids at, at the time uh, was definitely an outlet uh, for me, whether you knew it or not. I did you know, not, but this is cool to learn now. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And uh, if you remember, you know, when I was asking you to run laps, I was running with you. Yes, uh, that's true. Uh, so that is uh, th- that is another way, you know, is that is that exercise. Uh, exercise is an outlet, uh, both mentally and physically, keeps you fit. Uh, and so when things are going bad, um, you know, mentally and physically, you are prepared. Right. I think it also, and and please disagree with me if you think this is different, but I think it also takes a special kind of person not to kiss your ass at all. I think you're awful. Um, but it's, I think it does take a special kind of person to go into situations like that and be able to handle it and then also be able to transition to normal life, right? Like we have a much better understanding now um, in terms of specifically around soldiers um, police officers and FBI uh, agents around PTSD um, and other issues like that. Um, were those things that that you had to combat, or um, you know, how frequent or prevalent was that in the bureau in terms of people needing to seek significant mental health resources for what they were kind of encountering? Again, great, great question. Um, Men- mental health uh, in law enforcement specifically is 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 real. Um, there is a stigma behind it. Again, I, I may not be politically correct, uh, but there is a stigma behind it uh, to seek help, um, and uh, it's not it's not often done, but very much needed. Um, do, does the PTSD exist? Absolutely. Um, does the uh, uh, does the the bravado uh, exist to deny it? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and again, that's how some people deal with it. Um, but I, it, it is not, it is not a coping mechanism. 
Uh, again, in hindsight, I know that. Um, but you know, denying it, pushing it down uh, is a lot of people's way to deal with it. Uh, but it's not a good way to deal with it. Um, yeah. It's actually, I mean, it's, it's not coping with it. It's just denying it. Uh, so the, yeah. the mental health aspect of it is, is uh, again, very real. I, I certainly don't have an answer. I know what I did, um, and I would not recommend it, uh, but it worked for me. Um, right. Uh, so not not good. Highly not recommended. <laughs> Could you share what that was, or would you rather not? Uh, for me, it was denying it, denying that it exists, that it doesn't bother you. You know, and again, 99.9% of the time, you can push it down. Um, but there's that, you know, that, that small fraction where it, it creeps back in, you know, it's there. Yeah. Um, and, and it, and it does creep back in, uh, in, in very strange ways. Um, so, and it is not, again, in retrospect, I know it, it, it is, it is not managing it. Um, it's denying it. Um, uh, but it does, I mean, to this day it creeps back. Yeah. So it's, I, I don't have the answer clearly. Uh, yeah. but I mean, having, uh, recognizing it now, I mean, like you, like you mentioned that and, uh, you know, going back, um, uh, and, and looking at a couple of your uh, podcasts, you know, you're, you're talking about it. Um, I, I yeah. would, uh, I, I would highly, uh, recommend that, that Avenue, that route, yeah. uh, so that it, it kind of loses some of the stigma, um, and that it, it would encourage more people, I think men specifically, uh, to, to actually deal with it and not deny it. Yeah. I think therapy is, is such an important part of that too. And, uh, it definitely has its stigma around it. I've, like you mentioned, I've tried really hard on this show to be very, very open about what I'm going through mentally. And like, I'm very open about, you know, I see therapists and I have this going on and that going on, but I also have a really good understanding of like, that's not, not everyone can do that. And I know it's harder for other people. Um, and I think that stigma that you mentioned, like, it's very interesting, right? Like, I think everybody's always recognized that the stigma was there. Um, but I don't know that everybody's always been like super against it. They're just like, yeah, like, it's just kind of, you know, therapy's not really something that we do. We don't really talk about the feelings. We just kind of push it down. And I think like what you said, like, it's, it seems like a very masculine issue. I, uh, I was, watching the Sopranos for the first time a few months ago, just finished that. And I mean, <laughs> probably like one of my top two favorite shows, like incredible. But, um, the dichotomy between like Tony's life and then going to therapy and like that, I think was very interesting. Cause it like, you know, it was still a really cool show, but half the time you have this mobster that's yeah. sitting in a therapist chair and everyone's like, yeah, like that's still cool. And I, it, in a weird way, it's almost <laughs> like that started to break that stigma down yeah. a little bit. Um, yeah. but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it is strange. I was talking to, um, a soldier, uh, I think two months ago and, um, we were just shooting the shit and, and drinking and sitting around the fire yeah. and, um, always known this guy to be very uh pretty closed up but very like strong seeming and like i mean again he's part of like the friend group of of people who could kill me very yeah. easily and um i was shocked at the things that he was telling me in terms of what he's had to deal with in his life that i just had no idea about because he doesn't share things and i think what struck me the most was the 
amount of alcohol that it took both of us <laughs> consuming um, for him to feel comfortable sharing these things that like, you know, I'm very different, that I have no problem, you know, seeing a therapist and going in, uh, even one that I don't know, and just telling them like my whole life story and whatever. But I've always been a talker. This guy's not a talker. But um, and I won't give like any details about this person at all other than I already have. Um, but it was very interesting to me to talk to him about paths to seek therapy because in his um, part of the military in particular, it seems like the stigma is very, very strong um, where he's been deployed or where he will be deployed in the future also seems like uh, – from his perspective, seeking therapy or other forms of help um, not only is very complicated because of what he's doing, but also um, could damage his career. Mm -hmm. And I, it was a very interesting conversation because officially, if it does damage your career, uh, I think many people know you're entitled to a lot of money and, and status and rank and them making it right because they do recognize that that's very wrong. But his persistence in terms of, I really can't see anybody. This me drinking and talking to people randomly when I get to that point has to be my only outlet was like insane to me as a civilian that just like goes and sees a therapist for way too much money and then talks and figures out my issues. Every, everybody has an outlet. Um, and using that outlet to whatever extent that, that you need to, you know, your buddy, you know, was using you, whether you realized it or not, you know, yeah. there's a, a thing with Shakespeare that said, you know, with the wine comes truth. Um, <laughs> That's a great quote. Uh, if you're smart, you'll, you'll, you'll do your best uh, to manage it. Um, you know, some people are able to, some people, some people aren't, you know, some people, um, you know, may, you know, they, they may go run 50 miles. Um, some people may go coach soccer or both. Um, yeah, you know, some, uh, you know, some may talk to their, you know, their wives, their significant others, their, you know, their pals around the campfire. Um, but that all means something. Uh, so, I mean, they're all managing it in their own way. Uh, so uh, to be able to, to be able to encourage that, uh, yeah, exactly what you're doing, you know, to talk about it, uh, and, and to keep having people manage it in, in their own way. I mean, so at least they're doing something as opposed to, uh, drinking alone and not talking to anybody and keeping it um, down. Right. Um, again, not recommended. Yeah. Not, not a good solution. No, it, it's not a solution. You know, it, it's a, <clears throat> it, obviously it's what people do. Um, but it's a downward spiral. Yeah. Um, I think in the case of, uh, and we keep coming back to like a, a bunch of major groups here, but I think especially the FBI and general law enforcement, um, some of the things that they have to see on a regular basis or experience, or I'm sure that you saw, um, especially working with uh, groups that were handling crimes against children, um, I mean, that has to take an immense toll. But I've heard that there are other coping mechanisms, essentially, other than therapy or like, you know, vices to dealing with that. But from a day to day perspective, like, I consider myself an optimist, but I still, you know, get down from time to time. How do you deal with seeing usually the worst of humanity, sometimes on a very, very regular and personal basis, and still 
be able to go coach that soccer team and be able to put a smile on your face and and say, all right, kids, we're you know we're gonna try and beat the bumblebees today. <laughs> Let's not group up too tight. And like, how how do you handle kind of that that back and forth and still have faith in humanity after seeing the worst of it? Uh, I again, realistically, I would say to be able to compartmentalize, um, you know, to be able to you know to be able to rely on your family. Hopefully, hopefully, home is a um, uh, an oasis uh, for you, uh, a, a secure place. Uh, again, for some, it is um, to be able to uh, to be able to again, as I mentioned, yeah, find that outlet, whatever that outlet is, uh, to be able to be able to use that. Uh, but again, just speaking from my own um, uh, experiences, it it was just compartmentalizing it uh, and doing my best to leave it at home. Doesn't always work, but you know, I was pretty darn good at compartmentalizing. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's tough, I'm sure. I, I mean, I have ADHD, so I'm like jack shit. At, <laughs> at, uh, I, I'm terrible at compartmentalizing. But um, yeah, I think that's something that, uh, again, not to get back into it, I think that's something that like some in the media forget and, and some people generally um, don't think about when it comes to law enforcement. Like, taking the sum of all the good and the bad that comes with law enforcement, understanding that at the end of the day, these are still people. They still do have feelings. Yeah. And and most of them um, are not, you know, trying to go out and cause problems or cause pain. They're trying to do the exact opposite. But you're also going through all of these things at the same time. And I think especially now, there's you know, a lot of feelings about law enforcement and there's a lot of negative feelings that I think don't take that into account. Was that something that you ever experienced in your time with the Bureau or do you think that's like a more recent development? I think the, the, the attitude and the culture has always existed, um, but it's a matter of of again, you can't control everybody. You can only control um, what you do. Right. Um, what I did again. What I what I did uh, was tr treat everybody the same. So it didn't. So it didn't matter. Um, I mean, no one could say uh, that I, I was uh, more in favor of this group versus that group versus uh, any, anybody else. Every, everybody was the same. You treat right. you treat everybody the same, and it was easy. Um, right. Uh, when a narrative, uh, when a narrative is, is dictated, then that, you know, perception is reality. Um, I, I don't really like the term, but I mean, it, it's, it, it, it's, it's appropriate. You know, if somebody is telling you, uh, you know, that, you know, these people are bad, these people are bad, these people are bad. And that's all you ever hear is these people are bad. Um, well then after a while, you know, people start to believe it. Right. Um, and uh, again, behind every person in law enforcement, uh, especially, I mean, again, God bless everybody in you know, local law enforcement because they're doing this every day, all day. Um, and they are somebody's, you know, mother, brother, sister, uncle, aunt. Um, you know, they're, they're, as you mentioned, there's a human being behind every, every one of those people. Uh, this is the profession they have chosen. Um, when you have something that you can't handle, what do you do? You call, you call these people. You know, right. who have their own set of, um, uh, of uh, good things they do well, things they may have challenges. Uh, um, but that's the person that you're calling. 
um, you're calling them when you can't handle a particular situation um, or you don't want to, and you've asked this person uh, to do it for you. Um, again, just a different, uh, a, a different perspective that, that gets lost, uh, you know, sometime. Uh, yeah. and, and, and that is, un that is unfortunate, uh, because like I said, you know, you know, God bless local law enforcement is dealing, dealing with this every single day, all day. Um, Stuff. And that's all, and that's all they're ever going to do, um, right. is manage other people's problems in addition to their own. Um, yeah. I mean, think, think about that. I mean, just from any other, uh, from any other, uh, professional perspective, um, it's not common at all. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. very, yeah. very few occupations do you have to. I mean, yeah. maybe healthcare. Do you yeah. have to worry about your mm -hmm. own stuff and yeah. then everyone else's deal? So yeah, yeah that's tough. Yeah, and that that uh, in, in my opinion, I mean, that's where the uh, yeah the mental health aspect of it is. You know, find find something that works for you. Do something. Um, yeah. So whatever whatever positive outlet that is, um, find it. Throw yourself into it. You know, whether you know whether it's you know going going hiking. Um, Biking, you do some something. Sure. Um, find it, run with it. Sure. What was the hardest day of your career? If you had to look back on your 24, 25 years. That's not a good question. <laughs> yeah, no, I cornering you there. Um, We're going to ask a better one after this, though. Um, we had, uh, and, and we, we had one of our squad, um, that was killed, um, on our task force. Uh, that was a very bad day. Um, a hell of a human being. Um, uh, so that was, that was the hardest. That was the worst. And it, and that doesn't leave you. Yeah. Give me a better question. Yeah. I got, I got a better <laughs> question. What was, uh, what was your best day? Do you think? in your career? My best day. There's a lot of best days. That, that, um, uh, that, that is, is one thing that is, that is positive, uh, that I can say about my, uh, about my career, um, is that I had a whole lot more good days than I had bad days. Um, uh, so from, from that aspect, um, uh, that's, that's a much better question. Uh, you know, being, being able to, uh, take, um, being able to help somebody that was not able to help themselves uh, in Oklahoma City, we had a uh, we had a kidnapping. Um, you know, to be able to you know go through the department and see the, you know the kid that you've been looking for, um, and to be able to take that kid and give him back to his mom. Um, wow, that's a hell of a feeling. Uh, usually, you just you hear the you know the the bad, you know it's a recovery, not a rescue, um, and it's a kid. And that's a bad thing. Um, yeah. but to be able to you know, to be able to see the, the positive aspects of, of your work and everybody, again, it's not, it's not, it's not just mine. Mine just happened to be the guy. I just happened to be the guy who went in the door first. Um, on that particular day, you, know, you have a whole, you have a whole division of people, um, you know, you know, men, women, uh, everybody, everybody doing their part, everybody, um, uh, pulling in the same direction, you know, to find, uh, you know, to, to find this particular, um, child. Uh, so that, I mean, that's, that that is a great day uh, when you when you we can do that when you can you know do a, a nine hour uh, a nine hour interview and, and come out with a confession um, you know whether whether it be a uh, a positive outcome you know where you find somebody alive or you at least got a body um, you know, it's a 
it's bittersweet, but you got closure for the family. You got you were able to give you're able to give that family that person, um, you know, something they could hold on to, um, or you know, you know, their actual child back. Uh, so I, I I was very fortunate, very blessed to have a lot of uh, a lot of good days uh, in in the in the bureau to be able to to be a a positive, whether it be a positive influence um, or to be, you know, a very small cog in a very large machine uh, to help it move forward. Um, you know, to, to be able to uh, um, uh, to provide assistance again, one of thousands of people after after 9/11. I mean, everybody's everybody's pulling in the same same direction. But to be able to uh, to say that uh, you know I that I helped, that I did something positive. Um, with thousands of other people, everybody wants to be able to say that. Um, I was fortunate enough to be able to uh, to be able to experience that. So yeah, that's awesome. Whole lot, whole lot of uh, whole lot of good days. That's good. That, much better question. Yeah, <laughs> I have to ask good and bad questions. You know, it's it's the nature of uh, of a podcast. Um, we've talked the whole show about relationships, and I think. Even my childish view of the bureau, which is that it's it's a giant relationship funhouse, um, I think it makes sense that that's how things are run, because I think relationships are both a really really powerful part of humanity, but also a really really complex part. Um, and we talked about your relationships that you have to form with people that you are trying to help, whether that's trying to help them confess to something so that, you know, the proper procedures can be done and there's closure and things like that, or you're saving somebody. But talk to me a little bit about the relationships that you form with people that you work with and and how important are those as you go and do these really stressful things? Um, the, the bond that you form w- with the people that you're doing uh, some crazy things with uh, that is that is imperative. Um, you know we had uh, some of the, some of the worst times you know with with those guys, and you have some of the best times with those guys. But you're training together, um, you're going through a door together, um, you're you're eating lunch together, um, you're shooting together, uh, and and you you form you form great relationships. Uh, you know we have even uh, even now uh, we have. The guys that are retired, and uh, we're on a, a, a you're on different text threads or emails, uh, and and you're you're emailing jokes about forth or hey, remember when? Uh, <laughs> and you know some of the, again some very very dangerous things happen, some very very funny things you know that happen, uh, and you know you you laugh about them. You know years later you laugh about them because we're all around to talk about them um, and, and and laugh about them. Yeah. Uh, you know different training scenarios where you know things you know where things. You know, went went bad, um, uh, but they're again in retrospect, they're you know they're funny. Funny, right? Uh, but it, it's better to you know to mess it up, you know, mess it up training, you know, so that you don't mess it up on the street, uh, exactly, or in uh, uh, in an actual real world uh, scenario. Uh, but uh, I mean, th- those bonds that you form uh, are in, in, imperative. I mean, you are trusting people uh, with your you know with your life or with your lives. Um, uh, one of the one of the uh, one of the things that we do, and I guess oh, this is uh, adventure racing. Um, fat boys. The, the name of our adventure racing team is is uh, Fat Boys. <laughs> um, none of us none of us are fat. Uh, Could I get one of those? No, 
Unless you want to do a three in the seventy-two hour. I'm a fatter race. boy than you. I think I deserve it, <laughs> honestly. Um, you know, but it, it's uh, it, it's that team. You know, we do uh, we do adventure races now. Um, you know, that are anywhere between twenty-four and seventy-two hours. You know, where there's you know they're they're you know hiking, mountain biking, uh, some type of water event, canoeing, rafting, whatever it might be, um, and they are horrible events, um, uh, <laughs> but they're fun because it's you know it, it's that it's that camaraderie you know that you've established over time that you know right. now you go take in in, in this uh, in, in these races, um, you know, so you build you know you you build those uh, you build those relationships uh, and again we're back to relationships uh, but that that's it. Those are you know, lifelong. You know, again, you're not going to bond with everybody you meet, and that's that's yeah. okay too. Uh, but you learn something from everybody you meet. You know, some some of it's good, some of it's not so good. Uh, sure. But you learn something from everybody you meet. Um, my my point has always been, you know, try and uh, try and figure out what that what that looks like for you. Yeah. Uh, but you should learn something from everybody you meet. I like that. That's good. Um, what was your funniest mess up that you've ever done, where you just you <laughs> totally fucked it up and everyone was laughing at you and it was like oh shit i can't believe i did that um the, i mean joe bradley doesn't mess up i mean which is the oh, other everybody, thing so. anybody who says they didn't mess up you know they're 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 lying to you um yeah it i probably again in, in training you know in, in SWAT training you have you know you have you know, you have live fire, um, and you have to be, you know, very cognizant of, you know, muscle, muscle, uh, muscle discipline. Uh, and so you're not covering, uh, covering people's back. And, you know, we were training, um, we we're actually training, you know, with seals down in Little Creek. And, uh, we, we went, went through, uh, went through a door and there was, it was force on force. Um, and, uh, I, you know, went through the door and the guy just, just took his gun and just popped me right in the head with it, <laughs> with the butt of it, you know, because I, I went in, uh, I went in and I didn't go in quickly enough. So he had enough time to just step forward and just knock, you know, just the butt of his gun, just knock me right in the forehead. Um, <laughs> it's, nothing you can do about it. I did it, you know, I did it wrong. I should have, you know, I should have been faster. Um, I should have gone to my corner. I didn't. Um, and so again, you, you're, punishment for that other than the humiliation um is to go you have to go run you know run up the berm you know with all mm -hmm. your gear and run, you know, run up the berm the sandy berm and then run run back again and get back in line and hopefully don't do that again um <laughs> but again there was it was one of my not my finer moments but uh again you know one of those things is you know you learn more from doing it wrong than you'll ever learn from doing it right that's uh, true. So I, I I learned a valuable lesson. My ego was bruised, but uh, you know, and overall, your forehead, and, 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 and my forehead too. Uh, but I, you know, <laughs> again, I, I learned. I didn't do it again. Um, uh, but it, it's uh, there's again, there's a, those are learning experiences. As long as you treat them as such, you know, learning experiences, uh, and sure. just try not to try not to do the same thing again. But yeah, I had like a an oval on on, the, on my forehead for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's so yeah. so different than than what most people do, right? Like if I mess up at work, I know my boss is going to chew my ass out because it's happened before. Yeah. And then I'm like, "All right, I'm not going to do that again." When you messed up at work, you got hit in the forehead with the butt of a rifle and then had to go run a lap and then come yeah. back. It's a little bit different. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but uh, again, that's that. That's what I. Um, that was my normal. 
Yeah. Um, that's what I chose. You know, that's my, my choice. That was your fun. Um, that, yes. Um, that was my fun. Um, that was, that was my normal. Um, and it, it sounds, it, it sounds crazy, but that's, you know, I, I like that. Yeah. Um, but again, if you ask me to do, uh, the, the folks who are, you know, CPAs and they're doing the forensic accounting, uh, that I, I have no idea. Yeah. I have no idea what that is, but God bless. They make some great cases. Um, yeah. and they do some phenomenal things that I could just, I could never do. Uh, so again, God bless those folks. Uh, cause I could never do that. Uh, but if you ask them to do what I did, um, you know, they probably look at it like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> um, again, that, that's why different things for different people. Every, everybody brings something to the table, Sure, but everybody, everybody has something that, again, that, that makes them tick. Um, and you know, you, you find that. And I, again, I was, I was fortunate. I, I was very fortunate to spend a career where, uh, almost every single day I wanted to go to work. Um, not a whole lot of people can say that. No, um, that's right. Uh, so I, I was fortunate. I was blessed. Um, and I'm here and I'm still vertical. So yeah, <laughs> that's good. Do you miss it? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I do very, very, very much. I, I, I enjoy, I enjoy what I do now. Uh, but in that, in that corporate environment, um, none of those people have the same experiences that, that, that I do. No. Um, and they, they, they cannot relate to me at all. Um, and you know, that I, it's, it's a give and take cause I, I am, I am learning, I am learning in their environment, <laughs> but they will never learn mine. No. Uh, but, uh, again, same thing. It, it uh, you know, they have, they, they are phenomenal at what they do. Uh, I work with some, I work with some awesome folks, um, uh, you know, that are very good in, in, in business development and, and, uh, uh, in the IT world. Awesome. Uh, awesome folks. Um, yeah, yeah. I just, I, my, my goal is to contribute, uh, in, in that, but just in a slightly different capacity. There you go. <laughs> that makes sense. Well, Hey, um, before we stop, I just realized we, um, never put on our headphones, so we should put on our headphones. Yours, yours is right there. I'm just, I'm just kidding around with you. We were supposed <laughs> to, but I totally forgot. <laughs> Hey, um, I loved having you yeah. on. This was awesome, and uh, it was great to catch up with yeah. you after uh, after selling you knives yeah. and then scaring you and your wife with a snake. I think it's a good. <laughs> this is a good kind of good rounding balance. out. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, if people yeah. want to find you, follow you, is that something that you want people to yeah. do in your line of work? Yeah, um, ab absolutely. As I, as I mentioned to you, the uh, ethical polygraph uh, prep. I have a website that's coming up probably in the next uh, the next two. Uh, the next two weeks. Okay. Um, By the time yeah. this comes out, this will come out on December 21st. So it might be out. Okay. So uh, we will well, include that, that, it in yeah. the show notes. Okay. So it'll, it'll be iveritas.com. iveritasnow.com. Okay. So it's intelligent truth now. I like that. That's yeah. a good name for so it. That's, I, I, you know, it, it, uh, it, it took a while, but uh, that's our, uh, that, that's our goal. <laughs> uh, the ethical uh, polygraph uh, preparation, in addition to other things uh, like, like conducting tests, training. Um, and uh, one of the things that we do also is active shooter, uh, active shooter training. Really? Okay. Um, we had one of the uh, uh, a restaurant that was just opening up not too far from here. And, uh, you know, we did a, a presentation uh, for them. Uh, because again, you, you can't pick a place anymore that doesn't have or hasn't had uh, an active shooter um, yeah. scenario. It, it's unfortunate, uh, but it's happening more and more. Um, yeah. And uh, to be able to have the mindset, uh, to be able to 
to do something to help yourself understand out. what to do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in, instead of being instead of being a, a, a victim, uh, which you, you you may or may not have uh, the ability to get yourself. Um, you know, to keep yourself safe, get yourself uh, out of the situation or not even be in the situation uh, to begin with. Uh, but that's one of the other things uh, that we're offering um, also. And, yeah. Uh, um, uh, because it is topical, unfortunately. Yeah. Otherwise, nobody should try and find you, right? That's like a bad, <laughs> it's a bad life that, decision. That, uh, no, not, not, not at all. Anybody who, <laughs> anybody who wants, to, I'd be more than happy to talk to anybody who wants to talk. Okay, that's good to know. I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. Guys, as always, uh, if you want to listen to other episodes of the show, best place to go is totspodcast.com. Big three places to listen to us are Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcast. We just had some great Spotify numbers, so keep it up there. Um, For any updates on the show, follow us on social media. Instagram and TikTok are at totscast. And we'll see you next time. Also, happy holidays and Merry Christmas. Oh, that's a wrap. (laughs) 